Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Audacity. So excited to be back. Consistency, second week back, consistent. And I won't fumble. Well, I'll try not to fumble, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah, so let's get into today's episode. I have nothing along with my personal updates outside of I'm a Pilates bitch now. I take Pilates. And I'm sorry if I say it incorrectly. It's just like there's a niggling notion inside of me that purposely wants to pronounce words wrong. Like, for example, instead of Chase, the bank, I'll say Chasse. Uh, La Fe Saviers, which is an ode to an old vine. And there, okay, there's this vine stuck in my head today where it's like, I want a church girl that goes to church and read her Bible. That like, is stuck in my head. So if I stop for a second, it's an earworm. I can't get it out. Um, yeah, I just have a new, I just like that. I like to pronounce things wrong. I can't help it. So I'm a Pilates bitch now and I thoroughly enjoy. But outside of that, Sorry if I have a little indigestion. I'm drinking tequila. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having a drink while I'm doing this. Um, but today's episode, we're going to be talking about um, a call the fuck out and not a call in at Gina, Gina Rodriguez. We're going to be talking about the Ponderosa, a.k.a. the Ponder Replay, a.k.a. the pandemic. And then we're going to talk a little about Elon Musk, who I think is an absolute fucking weirdo, like to a T, like super weird. Um, and so, yeah, let's let's hop into it. So I'm about to get in Gina Rodriguez's ass for a second. And I'm really glad that I get to get on my soapbox because I, I talk shit about Gina Rodriguez in my free time. So let me just do it on my podcast. I super can't stand this bitch. Like, I really think something's really wrong with her. I'm serious. So... Before I get to her, the latest issue in the Gina Rodriguez saga, let's talk about why Gina Rodriguez is Gina Rodriguez is problematic, and she doesn't like black people, particularly black women. Um, I don't know. There's so much, and, and it, it won't be in chronological order. I'm sorry, like it's just all over the place. So, I mean, if I can think of the first thing, she did like this little YouTube short. If you want to look it up on YouTube, or like this short film or whatever, where she uses the N word, nigga, like girl that's problematic and people brought that up but also she's done this thing where for example um she proposed that there be a like a latino version of girls trip which was like a movie with queen latifah jada pinkett smith regina king and tiffany haddish which is very funny for black women very funny i want to see in theaters i loved it she said there should be a latin version because uh latina women don't get things like that and i'm like okay okay and then also she proposed that latino basically why did black people get black panther latino people don't have any like they don't have their own superhero movie and it's very much the mentality of i'm gonna fight another another oppressed group for a piece of the pie instead of aiming my arrow at white supremacy which is like i think irritating as fuck like girl get a grip like you're barking up the wrong tree and she gets ate up every single time by black women on Twitter. So why does she do it? Like she gives eight the fuck up each time. And yet she still chooses to do this dumbassery. So anyways, she's really problematic in that regard. She also did an interview with Yara Shahidi for this movie, Smallfoot, didn't watch it, whatever. And the interviewer is talking about how like, 
he was talking about Zuri James, LeBron James' daughter, because he's in the movie, and then Yara Shahidi is sitting there. He's like, you know, this is such a great example for young black women. And she goes, what about all, like, it's all women, not just young, but all women. No, bitch, we're talking about black women. Like, we're not talking about all women. And I think that that's just exclusionary to Afro-Latina women, too, because there are black women who are, like, I swear, I swear, I swear, I swear, nationality, race, racial identity, and what's the other one? ethnicity be kicking y'all asses like be kicking y'all asses to the ground six feet under bitch you could still be black and your ethnicity would be latino you're a black latino person or in this case you would be a black latina okay you're a black woman whose ethnicity is you're latino latina you're latin of latin heritage so i don't really get where she was going with that but i just feel like when people do that when um white Latinos do that or people who are not black latinos do that they are excluding like a big group of people or like when those when it's like no shade when it's like latinos for black lives or like these groups of people for black lives i'm like there are black people who could be you like be either biracial triracial of your racial category of your ethnicity like don't do that like yours anyways that's a whole other conversation for another day but that's the type of bitch gina rodriguez is that's not even how bad it gets like She's also, she said that she said the N word when she was lips, she wasn't lip singing, she was singing to, I don't know which Lauryn Hill song, but anyways, the lyrics was, niggas give me heebie jeebies, and she said, <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that, that's how she said it, but she said it on video, and then got her ass ate the fuck up on Twitter, rightfully so, um, and she's constantly coming for black people, like dead ass, all the time, but this one is some Latino on Latino crime. This has nothing to do with black people on this recent saga. Like she stayed coming for black people, but this one had nothing to do with this. So this girl had tweeted at Gina Rodriguez. You know how like people be tweeting at celebrities like, can you give me some money? Which I don't know. I'm under the persuade. People are like, if you have money, you, sh- you don't have an obligation to pay. Yeah, you do. Like you're rich. People are poor. It, um, wealth inequality levels are at the levels of the french revolution which i'm like can we fucking revolutionize and like tear these bitches down like let's eat these hoes up guillotine these hoes like i'm tired gas prices well i empathize with my other americans because gas prices in texas are 3.99 but that is hella high for texas considering like gas was like 284 uh, like when I first got here a year ago, so I'm like, our gas was hella cheap, like two fifty a gallon, like some hella cheap. But gas prices are hella high. You have inflation, but not inflation because things are rising and cost inflation because CEOs and companies are wanting to make record profits while charging working class people the utmost. Like let's, we'll never have clash consciousness though, and that's why I the French Revolution, like learning about it, and people are like we could just be the French Revolution, but racism exists because racism exists. We'll never have clash consciousness. That's a whole other sidebar. I'm just saying, but let's. I believe that celebrities, not celebrities, wealthy people, need to open their fucking purse and shut the fuck up. And maybe if you open up your purse when it's time to eat you up and put you into the guillotine, maybe bitches wouldn't be mad and they might let you survive. Like if there's a celebrity that I think. I would let Dolly Parton survive, like, the revolution. Like, I think Dolly Parton should survive. She seems like a very giving person. She lets her employees, she gives her employees the money to go to college. That's $60,000 a year to go to college. She pays their books. I mean, Dolly Parton can survive. Jane Fonda can survive. Most black women I would let survive personally, unless you're, like, a Candace Owens or um, a Stacey Dash or 
those are the only ones I could think that are not with the people. If you think of any other pe- black women that you think are not with the people, that's fine. I, I just don't want you to think I was only championing white women. But there are some people that I would let survive. And I, I might let Beyonce survive just purely because she's the queen bee, like literally. But <laughs> I don't know. We're not here to, you know, make the list of who's who's going to not hit the guillotine. All I'm saying is I think that wealthy people do have a duty to pay for things personally. Uh, and I, I get that that's a personal opinion. Um, but anyways, this girl tweeted at, at, she said, at here is Gina. That's her Twitter name. Please help a struggling Latina sister who can't afford to pay her tuition. So then she said something super condescending back. Have you looked into the Hispanic scholarship fund? There are a few places to look for help. Mama, let's research. So then the same girl who she tweeted at, that was in 2016, Sorry, the tequila's getting me. And I, I have really bad GERD. I know I sound like an old person. I have really bad GERD. So, I mean, I shouldn't be drinking tequila and I'm getting hot, but it's okay, whatever. Um, so then the same girl came back at her and was like, um, <laughs> sorry. the same girl came back at her today and was like, girl, I checked and you were on the board of the Hispanic Research or the Hispanic Scholarship Fund and then that really brought forward some other like Latino students who were like, um, yeah, bitch, I, I, I applied for, that was aggressive. Yeah, I applied for a scholarship and um, I never got my money from them. So maybe, and they're saying maybe there's some fraud going up at the Hispanic Scholarship Fund and Gina Rodriguez is on the board and she's talking about Mama Let's Research when you should have really been directing her to what she should apply for. Like, if I was on the board, I would have said, oh my God, I'm on the board. Here's some scholarship that you can apply for. Let me know. Let me send this out to all the Latino students. Get y'all some scholarship money so y'all can go to school. But no, that's not how Gina Rodriguez works. I think that she's something's wrong with her. She has issues. And she will always be on my shit list, like, for real, for real, for real, for real. I think, um, oh, God. L- let's go back to her point about, I just saw a picture. Let's go back to her point about how, she. this is her tweet about Black Panther. And, you know, Marvel and DC are killing it in the inclusion. She's talking about black people and, and women. But where are the Latinos asking for a friend? So then somebody said Zoe Saldana, which Zoe Saldana is Afro-Cuban. She's Afro-Cubana. Period. You have Ros- Rosario Dawson, Jay Hernandez, Michael Pena, Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson is an Afro-Latina. Natalia Cordova. I'm, Cordova, I'm, un- I'm unsure of Tessa Thompson's nationality. Um, yeah, like, that's the part that kills me. Like, she really is insulting black la- la- Latina women and men. I'm, and I swear... I don't know what it is, but nationality, ethnicity, and race be kicking bitches' asses. Like, y'all, be, can you not discern the difference? Can you not discern what's the difference between race, nationality, and uh, ethnicity? Because it's a difference. Like, I want to say something, but I'm going to say this for my South African bit, because this is, like, this bitch who I went to high school with, she sends me to the moon and back. She's South African, and she's an Elon Musk. If a person wasn't Elon Musk, it's her. And I'm not going to put her on blast, but bitches, if you know, the girls that get it, get it. And the girls that don't, don't. Um, but this bitch is crazy. All I'm saying is you bitches need to understand the difference between race, nationality, and ethnicity. And you need to stop being anti-black. I mean, I I, I just don't know what to say. But it's, it's super fuck Gina Rodriguez until pigs fly, which is never. So it's always fuck Gina Rodriguez. It's this tweet that, hold on, let me find this tweet so I can say it. It was a tweet about, oh my God, I need my phone. I'll be back. Okay, I found the tweet. And it's this. It was for Aquafina. Same energy for Aquafina. It's super fuck Aquafina. Like, super fuck her too. Like, ugh. 
they're both their crimes are equally bad like they're both equally anti-black both irritating as fuck i mean aquafinums might be a little bit worse but whatever but here's it and i'm gonna i'm gonna edit this so it's for gina rodriguez if gina rodriguez has a million haters i'm one of them if she has a thousand haters i'm still one of them if she has one hater it's me if gina rodriguez has zero haters it means i have left this world if the world is against gina rodriguez then i am with the world that's how i feel about gina rodriguez and that's equally how i feel about aquafina i'm sick of bitches being anti-black and you know I don't want people to think that I only have energy for a certain group of people. I have energy for every single person. If you haven't listened to this podcast, everybody could get it, including me. Like, it's not safe for me. It's not safe for the black or the white girls. Like, it's, <laughs> it's safe for nobody. I'm not even safe on my own my own space. So everybody can get it. And Gina Rodriguez is just the person to get it today. It's super fuck her. Like, I'm serious. I, I know I spent 12 minutes going in on her ass, but she fully deserves it. I have this in my notes, but it's just a sidebar. Why is Peacock making a series about Tiger King when Tiger King was already like super what the fuck? Like, I don't need to see a dramatic version or a drama of that. When we watched that, we all watched that documentary during the early onset of the Ponderosa. <laughs> Might be a good transition. And we just saw how like crazy it was. Like I didn't need it. It was even more crazier because it was real life. And I was watching real people be crazy. And you know what I loved about Tiger King is there's only one black person and it was Shaq. Okay. Like there was no black people in that. Like that was the madness. That was like some Midwest inner type America shit happening. So I, I don't get why Peacock's doing that. But I mean, I guess you got to chase a bag, but that's not a bag I would chase. Cause I'm like the documentary itself was already pretty crazy. <sighs> like, this is, I'm about to go into sidebar, but Netflix low-key sometimes be in their bag and they sometimes don't be in their bag. Like, they'll drop something once, like, good, once in a blue moon. Bitch, if you're looking for something good to watch on Netflix, you need to watch Worst Roommate Ever. I mean, I've had a roommate for, I would say, eight years of my life. I went to high school, I went to boarding school, so I had a roommate for four years. And out of the eight, out of those eight years, I didn't have one crazy roommate experience, but that bitch was loco. My bitch go loco. Like she was unhinged, but um, it will make you not want a roommate. And it'll, like it's crazy. I highly suggest you watch it. Um, you can't trust bitches. But anyways, let's transition into the Ponderosa. I'm kind of lit, but so I'm kind of lit. So everything may not be coherent, but I just need y'all to ride with me, rock with me. Hold on, I need to turn my my AC on because I'm hot as hell. I do my hair, toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? Feeling good as hell. Okay, air is on. So let's get into the Ponderosa. So why I want to talk about this is because there's been a great push for everyone to go back into the office, uh, AKA, AKA me, I'm, I'm one of those people. And simultaneously, the mask mandate is disappearing rather rapidly and kind of like all of our COVID precautions and protections that we were taking are kind of like, who who cares about? I think we should, I honestly think we should keep social distancing forever. There's no reason you should have your hot breath breathing down my neck in a line. Like there's no reason for that. But so I'm, I'm really pro social distancing and I'm pro mask. Keep your hot ass breath in your hot ass face. Like don't, don't like let's keep your germs to yourself. Um, and that's speaking of some, Yeah keep your masks on. I, I'm pro mask. I'm pro mask. Even if there was no Ponderosa, like I'm pro mask. Um, and 
And like I, like so many others, are thinking about the loss of life that we've experienced collectively. Like, if I think about, like, we're not even talking about that we've almost we're almost at a million deaths. We haven't even begin. I had to, we haven't even had a public mourning of uh, almost a million deaths. The people that people have lost, like, it's this point where you could t- talk to somebody and someone that they know has been, you know, affected by COVID to the point of death or intense sickness, long COVID. So I'm kind of like that. I'm, it makes me sad that we're not taking a second to digest and reflect on the lives that we've lost to something that could have been prevented had we had, you know, um, proper leadership. Doesn't Donald Trump being president feel like a fever dream? Like, what? I can't believe. Like, sometimes I'd be looking back, like, they'll be posting videos. I'm like, this is kind of funny, but it's also like, what like this happened and it happened it happened but um we're still continuing to see a loss like 2,000 deaths a day approximately it, it has ranged from like there will be 400 deaths a day 1,400 deaths a day like approximate this is an approximate estimation but still um but there's no there's been no discussion about like there's, there's only there only seems to be a discussion about how we're all ready for COVID to be over, and of course that's true, and we're all ready to return back to normal. But there'll like this is later in my points, but there will never be a normal. This is our new normal. Our new normal is people who have experienced a pandemic, who have experienced extreme loss, who have experienced extreme fear, and we're not talking about that. And in addition to when we're not we're we're not when we're not talking about the loss, we're also not talking about people who have severe severe illnesses, people who are immunocompromised, people who have comorbidities. Comorbidities means two. Um, let me actually look it up before I say something offensive and it's not right. Um, I do my hair toss, check my nails, baby. How you feeling? Feeling good as hell. I'm drunk. Um, <laughs> Comorbidities are the simultaneous presence of two or more diseases or medical conditions in a a patient. And I think that the CDC said that if you have more than three or four comorbidities, you're fucked. Say comorbidities three times. Um, Which, fuck the CDC. Like, the CDC is kind of problematic, but that's not what we're here to discuss today. Um... So it's like, fuck them, right? And I think that that's inherently ableist because it's not, it just because it's not your lived reality, like let's say it's not my lived reality as someone who has a comorbidity or something you experience, it doesn't mean that I shouldn't give a fuck. I should super give a fuck. I think that that's really scary that they have to worry about their safety and transverse transversing through a world that doesn't give a fuck about their health when there's still uh, Ill, there's still a virus out there. And I was on Twitter and this this guy was saying like, oh, he went to a dispensary and the, the guy at the dispensary was like, oh, I'm so glad we don't have to wear masks anymore, like, LOL. And the guy was like, yeah, but what about cancer patients who come into dispensary? And I'm like, I mean, if we want to get technical, dispensaries or weed usage was really for people who experienced terminal illnesses or extreme illness to the point that they needed something to help alleviate that pain. It was literally for them. It was just by luck, the potheads, i.e. myself, got the the permission to be up in those spaces. But the spaces were really not for us at first. They were for people who needed that medicine to help alleviate their symptoms, their pain, what they were going through. And rightfully so. So I'm thinking to myself, like, we really just said, fuck everybody else who uh, 
um, has a disability and it's just ableist. And I think, I don't know, I, that just really bothers me in the same breath to that. We're also losing, we're still losing lives and we have lost lives to something that we should then move forward as long as Delta Cron, Omicron, Delta, whatever variant you want to call it, SARS code two, whatever you want the fuck you want to call it, as long as that's out there, I think we have a duty as people who may not be immunocompromised, who may not have a severe illness or comorbidities to help protect everybody else. And I think that just goes into like what it means to me in community. Like my dad used to say to me, Leo, you shouldn't and my family at large, other people in my family, you shouldn't care about other people. You need to really care about your other, yourself. I'm like, I just don't really believe that's true. I do have to care about my neighbor. As much as people get on my last goddamn nerve, minus white supremacists, I mean, that's a, that's a slippery slope. I don't know how to deal with that. But, I mean, you should really give a fuck about your neighbor and what they go through because I think we walk through the world with a really individualist outlook on life, and I just don't think that's possible. You have you have to depend on other people and you shouldn't care about other people and you sh- if you could do something to help another person why wouldn't you do it so it me and it's really rather harmless me wearing a mask which i super prefer because y'all niggas is nasty like y'all niggas is nasty like when the pandemic first happened we had to tell bitches oh you need to wash your hands when you come from outside because you're touching doorknobs like you're doing nasty shit you need to wash your hands you need to sanitize you need to Bitch, I saw someone sneeze in their hand in 2022. Like, that's fucking nasty. This nasty, right? Like, you're sneezing in your hand. And I may be nasty, but I'll sneeze in my shirt. Like, I'll lift. And it's because my germs are on me. That's me. It's not on you, and I don't want to be on you. And isn't the science, like, sneezes go, like, 66 miles? Like, they go at a heavy, like, they go hella fast. Like, so that's nasty, all your germs, and you got covid I mean, <laughs> I know I'm going off, but I'm like, bitches is nasty. So if we know bitches are nasty, let's protect the people who need the most protection. If we know you niggas is nasty, right? And people have referred to this as a mass disabling event, meaning that for this is a statistic from UCLA, the Disabilities and Computing Program, as of at as of 12:26 of March 2nd, 2021, the CDC reported a total amount of I can't read that number. It's 28 million and some change. <laughs> That's my weakness in life. If you gave me a number, I like a big ass number, I couldn't read it out. Like I was just I would flop. I would fumble the bag. So gun to my head, I couldn't read this. Gun to my head, I couldn't read this number. It's 28 million and some change. Link will be linked. <laughs> The link will be linked. Read it for yourself. Sorry. Tequila. Um, 28 million and some change cases of COVID-19 in the United States. With a population of around 328.2 million people, that's roughly 8.7 of the U.S. population that has had COVID-19. And if roughly 10% of individuals who have had uh, a COVID experience... Um, with long-term symptoms, there could possibly be 2.8 million Americans who are in it for the long haul with long-term disabilities, if not lifelong disabilities. So COVID is also creating disabilities at the same time, hence a mass disabling event. That could mean 2.8 million Americans who would then have a disability. It could be long-term temporary, or it could be a permanent disability. 
And it's already really hard to apply for disability and get disability. There have been stories of people who cannot get disability based on COVID or because you cannot see their disability. Like, it's really fucked up. And the last person, group, entity, anything I would ever want to depend on is America. I don't want to depend on you for... Uh, social welfare, even though you should have it. And this is a cause, comfort, cause for concern because it wouldn't matter if we had social structures and, a social safe, and social safety nets in place to help people financially and or healthcare, universal healthcare, but we don't. So it's who gives a fuck and the people who aren't harmed, it's business as usual and it's suck it the fuck up. Like this woman was saying how she's had to suck it up even though inside she did not feel well. She like she needed disability because she did not, she didn't think that she would be able to work. She had to suck it the fuck up to get her checked because they don't give a fuck. And it's just very apathetic. But then I looked up the definition of apathetic and I'm like, that's not even the definition because apathetic is just being indifferent or you feel no ways. Like I'm apathetic about something I'm not here to say what because I don't want to talk about those things, but there's some things I'm apathetic about, but it's different than that. It's having no concern because it's not something you have to live with. It's, maybe it's a lack of empathy. I think that's what it is. It's a lack of empathy. I don't know, but my heart just goes out to everybody. And I'll, I'll be wearing my mask. I will be social distancing. I will be staying my black ass at home, not trying to fuck. And I've met some super spreaders, y'all, and it's not a cute look I mean so it's just kind of like it's upsetting twofold because I'm like yeah everybody wants to return back to normal and I get that but we're living in our new normal and we have to adjust to how things are now not what they were two whole years two whole years ago basically three what's 365 times three 1095 days ago things were different but when march of 2020 hit or 20 whatever year that was that they, they told us we need to go home from school things were different and they're just different and I think it's this thing too, like, I can't speak for um, older generations, like bitches who have lived through um, the U.S. invasion of Afghanistan and Iraq and Iran and all these places, which totally don't agree with what the fuck. I can't speak to those things or like 9-11, I was two, or um, I, when the 2008... Um, 2008 recession happened I was 10 so kind of not affected um I think that this is the first defining moment like you know every generation or some generations have multiple which that really fucking sucks like I would be stressed the fuck out but every generation has their moment that redefines their life and COVID-19 is the thing that defines Gen Z and not, it's it's a sad thing I was gonna say not a bad thing it's a sad thing and it is I just wish we could flip it and say, okay, how can we help people who are the most disenfranchised? But that's not how the world works. That's not how America works, especially. They don't give a fuck. It's capitalism as usual. It's business as usual. Um, like, why did my... This is a story, but my manager... We were talking about going back to the office because we have to go back into the office for one day. We're going back hybrid. And I was saying, like... Like, COVID is kind of still a thing. Niggas are still nasty. You know what I'm saying? Like, same old shit I'm saying. 
A little dialed down. Nothing like this, though. You know, professional Leah. Hi, my name is Leah. You know, like, real professional, whatever. Got to keep a job. But I was talking to my coworker, and she was like, oh, like, more people have died from the flu. And I was like, nah. So then I looked it up, and it looked it up so I could tell her. And it said only 52,000 people have died in 10 years, in a span of 10 years, according to the CDC. So I was like, girl, according to statistics, and also the number of people who have A, been diagnosed or um, died from COVID is probably underreported because people were doing self-testing. Also, we weren't talking about COVID until March, but it was really happening in like December, January. We are talking about February, March, that time period. So there have probably been deaths that have gone unreported or people who may have had an illness and then caught COVID and then died and maybe they didn't catch the COVID. So that I think that we probably have already passed a million, even though the official number says that we're just right under a million. So I don't know. Like, I just think we're weak over here for complaining about some fucking mass and complaining about being normal. And I, and I, and I don't want to discount to like the mental health issues. I, I went through the deepest depression I've ever having had in my life. And I do think in part it was to COVID and being isolation during my senior year of college. But then I think about people who had lost someone to a loved one or thinking about, I don't want to get emotional, but thinking about people who have to say goodbye to their loved ones via an iPad or like they couldn't even go say goodbye to their loved ones afraid that they might catch COVID. And like, that must really fucking suck that you didn't get to get, you didn't get to say goodbye to your loved ones or people who caught COVID and their whole family passed away because they caught, like, I don't know. It's just very sad. And we haven't had the time to mourn and take a break. Capitalism doesn't allow for breaks. I mean, duh, that's the blaring answer. But it's just really sad that we haven't had that space to be able to reckon with what this pandemic has done to us as people. And also, I think it's just changed the way that we live. And that's okay. Um, COVID's not okay. But the, the fact that things have changed, it's okay. Like, Okay, bitches don't want to go to work anymore. Bitches don't want to work. Kim Kardashian, bitches don't want to work. And that's okay. I mean, I think it's just forcing us to redefine what's important. I think, I don't want this to sound privileged. And it may be a privilege for some. And I think it may be privileged to people who were not essential workers. Because essential workers were essentially working all the time. And calling them essential workers was like the biggest rebrand. Bitch, if they were essential workers, pay them like they're essential to the economy. Give them hazard pay. Give them their social welfare that they deserve. Like, I, I never got that. But I think COVID forced us to, t- to stop. Literally, the world stopped. The world kind of healed. Like, climate, climate emissions, green gas emissions stopped. Like the world was kind of healing itself. We all stopped and we we took a moment to say that the most important thing to us are our loved ones because we were losing our loved ones to a virus. And now you want us to go back into work and we're like, I need something to accommodate me so that I can love my loved ones, not so I can just be up at the fucking job with a bunch of bitch like I mean, this is me on a person why do I want to go back to office to talk to a bunch of raggedy bitches when I could be at my crib? with me oh a lovely bitch who I like you may not like me but I like me and I could be relaxing and doing my work you know whatever 
my ultimate point is just to say, I think that anything that requires community care and caring about your neighbor, figuratively speaking, not like your real neighbor, but also your real neighbor is too much. Um, in my book club, like I said, in my last episode, we had just read prisons by any other name. And honestly, any revolutionary or radical thinker, any black feminist low key, really, I mean, any black feminist really talks about the need for community care and radical love and community love. You have to love the people in order to be the change and the difference that you want to see. Like it's actually really caring about people and engaging deeply with the person to give a fuck. And how, like, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like as people who do not, and and, and let me just speak for myself. Obviously this is a, this is a podcast from my, um, perspective although I'm not saying everything I think is right because everything I don't think is right I have some very radical thoughts and not everybody agrees with but I think that this is something that we should all agree on when it comes to public health and public health and safety we should give a fuck about our neighbor and we should want to wear masks because if I wear a mask and it meant that somebody else wouldn't get sick I wouldn't wear a mask all day long and I that I'm wearing a mask all day long because you niggas is nasty like that's the thesis for why I'm wearing my mask because you niggas is nasty in addition to I don't want to get nobody sick um I yeah I couldn't live with myself if I, I got somebody sick when I knew I could have stopped it so yeah I mean that's my little spiel on the Ponderosa but yeah I think capitalism gonna capitalize and I think bitches need to care about their neighbors and we all need to really evaluate what does it mean and also I saw an article that was like, oh, people might not wear their masks because everybody else not wearing their masks. They might feel left out. That's some weak big shit. Like, if you gonna ride, ride. I'm in Texas wearing my mask and bitches be looking at me crazy. I'm really, I actually want somebody to press me about wearing my mask so I can lose the, so I just want to snap. Like, why don't nobody try me? Let a nigga try me, try me. I'm gonna get this whole motherfucking family. And I ain't playing with nobody. Fuck around and I'm gonna catch a body. <laughs> Everybody go listen to Deja Loaf. D-E-J Loaf. L-O-A-F. She's amazing. Um... But yeah, why don't nobody ever try me? Which is also a good thing, because I don't want to be... Like, low-key, I don't want to be tried, but I just want a little bitch to test me. Like, just test me a little and see, you know. But yeah, I, I, I'm i hoping that we can kind of shift the narrative on how we view community care and community caring and think about people who may not have the immune system you do, people who have illnesses such as cancer, immunocompromised, comorbidities, like think about people who are diabetic, you know, people who have other underlying health issues that you don't see because that's the thing too. Some people have disabilities that you don't outwardly see. So you don't really know what people are walking with, what's their stroke in life, what they're doing. So you should, you should want to be cautious. You should want to care. Like you should want to, you know, make sure that I hate to bring everything back to race, but it's pretty much kind of like that. Like you may not be affected, but you see somebody else is affected. And do you want to see that person affected? I don't like, I will wear my mask. So I'm be wearing my mask. That's ultimately what I'm saying is niggas wear your mask, social distance, six feet, preferably 12, stay the fuck away from me. And I will stay the fuck away from you. And yeah, period, period. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like can't. That was like, girl, did I even breathe when I was saying that? Okay. 
So let's go to Elon Musk. Now, I know what I'm going to say is a little controversial, not about Elon Musk, because I think we can all agree that nigga is weird. He's weird. And part of me is like, should I stop saying the N-word? But I'm like, no, I'm black. I struggle every day. I should say whatever the fuck I want to say. Not... Uh, not like Whoopi Goldberg, where she said that people in the Holocaust did not experience oppression based on race. Nothing like that. Like, whew, girl, I would never. But I should be able to say the N-word. Like, please. Like, I mean, everything I got to go through, I should be able to say it. So I'm not going to stop. Um, But I think Elon Musk is a shitty nigga. He's really fucking weird. But he's back in the news for being an all-around shit person. Da-da-da. Like, no surprise. But this time, it's because he's being sued by the state of California for racial discrimination. Also, duh, he's a white South African whose family was, they're emeralds, like, um, what is it called? Hold on. Tequila, sorry. I'm going to say tequila anytime the indigestion gets me, because um, I'm trying to figure out what is he trying, like, what am I trying to say here? It's in my notes, in my notes. He's an emerald heir. Right, 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 right. So his family basically mined in the, in, during the times of co- the colonization of Africa, mined the emeralds and basically made a fucking bag. They got a bag off the emeralds that weren't theirs, mining other people's land for gain. What does that sound like? Imperialism. But anyways, he's back in the news because... Tesla is being sued for racial discrimination, i.e. Elon Musk. And we're going to get into Elon Musk. We're going to go through his backstory and figure out who he is. And also, Tesla wasn't even Elon Musk's idea. Like, this nigga's not smart. I don't think so. (laughs) It's low-key like I'm having a conversation with myself. And I'm answering my own questions. I I don't think it it takes much intelligence to double back down on white supremacist ideals, behaviors, et cetera. I don't think it takes much intelligence. But anyways, Tesla has already had a lawsuit where they were forced to pay out $137 million, million with my pinky up. Yes, $137 million for their um, telling their, for their workers telling a black man to go back to Africa. That's like the most tired line in white supremacy rhetoric. Go back to Africa, bitch. I didn't want to be here. Like, I didn't ask to show up here. Like, let's not go down that road. But apparently the Tesla workers who were not black wanted to go down that road. So the only reason that this man was actually able to win $137 million is because Tesla likes to hire their workers via like a staffing agency or as contractors. So they are not directly responsible for the hiring. Um, and it, it's not on them if something goes wrong. And also, in addition to that, the, the reason this worker was able to win his money is because he refused to, re- he did not sign one of the arbitration agreements. And an arbitration agreement means like if something happens, you know, you would agree to go into arbitration with the company, it wouldn't go to a court, and you would handle it. Es- essentially similar to mediation, I'm assuming. All you lawyer people check me, but I'm assuming it's mediation. Um, similar to mediation. So he wasn't, he didn't sign that. So he didn't have to dissolve this dispute with the company. He was able to take it to trial. And a jury decided that he was due to be paid $137 million. So in addition to that lawsuit, they have other reports of 
th- things being said in the factory such are y'all ready for this are y'all ready for this like it's crazy like if a bitch said this to me i would go to jail because i would be whooping ass so the the factory where all the black workers worked so because all the black workers were segregated to their own factory i think it was in fremont california this is all happening in like silicon valley the bay etc hold on let me take a let me take a drink that Casamigos got me right. Casa, I like Casamigos. Like, you can't tell me no different. I know it's a white man's company and it's tequila. So let me know if that's really problematic because, like, bitches was getting on Kendall Jenner about her tequila. And I am drinking George Clooney's tequila. But it's good. Like, but if it seriously, this is a call out. If you want to put me on some actually, like, Mexican-owned, family-owned tequila, let me know so I can get off of this other shit and get on the good shit. But the factory where all the black people worked was being called the plantation. The plantation. The plantation. The slave ship. They were calling it the slave ship. Can you believe that? Moment of silence. Yeah. I can't believe that shit. Like, I wish a nigga would. Um, relegating only black workers to places called the porch monkey stations, the porch monkey stations. I'm not mincing words either. I'm saying exactly what was mentioned in the articles and in the lawsuits. They also called it the dark side. That's crazy. They also have the people were also calling, uh, black people slurs such as monkey toes, banana boy hood rats mayate which spanish figures correct me but the article said it was a spanish word for a type of dung beetle wow they also had hate symbols such as the kkk a swastika in common areas and factory machinery having things such as nigger should be hung next to a drawing like sorry having things such as nigger should be hung next to a drawing of a noose all monkeys work outside fuck niggers drawn in the break room and then it wasn't cleaned up for months black workers were also made to clean the factory on hands and knees they were the only ones made to do physically demanding work like, and all in all, this isn't surprising. Like, from someone who's a South African Emerald heir, this isn't surprising. From, like, the, like, he, like, this sounds pretty South African Emerald airy. Like, this sounds on the par. It's just astonishing. And one of the people who, who, who sued Tesla, he said, I am from the South and I grew up during, like, the 60s. Um, and I, no one's ever called me the N word or directed the N word towards me. No one's even said anything like that. So someone who has said, I have lived in one of the, I'm not saying it's one of the worst places to experience racism, but a place with immense racism for black people. And he said, I ain't never seen no shit like this. And since the first lawsuit, there have been 160 lawsuits from employees. Wow. Sounds like not a great place to work. 
But truly, like really and truly, the first red flag is that he's a white South African who directly profited from the colonization of South Africa and the apartheid. apartheid, So this behavior is not exactly unexpected. Also, I'm looking for good books on the apartheid. I'm really looking to understand that because it's it's heartbreaking and I can't believe that happened oh so recently. Like the apartheid started in 1948 and it ended in 1994. Four. Wow. Right. And I think this also just adds to racism is alive and fucking well. I also have some tea to spill about the UK. But I mean, we should ultimately bring it back to UK because the UK is the motherland of racism and anti-blackness, everything that you could imagine. So let's let's get into the history of Elon Musk I think this is ultimately the into my thesis of I think white South Africans is an oxymoron and it's weird and I spoke to my friend Tierney and they kind of agreed like it's some weird shit it's just the math isn't mathing but let's I look you don't want to get into the history of Tesla I don't give a fuck and I don't give a fuck about Elon Musk I don't give a fuck anyways ultimately let's just say this he stole Tesla Tesla's not his idea the only thing that he is responsible for is being like so outlandish to the point of like Trumpian outlandishness that he got Tesla to the point of being like this kind of this type it feels like it's a bro movement like he is synonymously he is synonymously identified with Tesla and he's gone it to the point that it is but I think he's really fucking weird and he didn't come like he he wasn't that smart to say like oh I think we should have like um electric cars blah 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 like it was somebody else he just had the money, right? But let's get into why I think that being a white South African is an extreme oxymoron. Like, I think it's weird because you are white in an entirely ba- black country space continent. And this speaks to anybody, I, personally to me, anybody who exists within being white and, and, and existing within the African continent. Not like Raven Simone where she thought that Africa was a country. Yeah, I'm not that dumb. I just think your mere existence of being a white South African means that you or your ancestors have been directly responsible for the colonization and the harm of black people and or you're someone who can benefit from the effects of the apartheid where white people are still favored and they like they they currently still have an all white town or all white townships etc I think that that's really weird and I guess you could a lot of people would compare that to what's going on in the U.S. um and I don't know I think I think it's different in a way that I think that while blackness is everywhere, black people's relationships in certain spaces are very different to whiteness. And I think that while slavery in the period of enslavement, chattel slavery, in in colonization, imperialism, etc., while they have the same lineage or same lines, white supremacy, I think they can exhibit and I want to figure out a way to say this to encapsulate my point they can exhibit and show and manifest themselves as different forms of oppression to the lived like the lived experience of people who exist in those spaces so like while i'm speaking to someone who may be south Af- a black south african someone who's black um in south african and i think that also the idea of, like like you said the idea of a, like a racial construct or how race is a social construct it, it could be so different in so many different spaces or depending on what country you're in or depending in what continent you're in. Like, it can be very different. So I think that's just a very different visceral experience for the people who live that experience. Ultimately, still white supremacy, which is why I think it's really important to learn about the black diaspora 
and understand each facet wholly and fully to understand how white supremacy is still like the thing that oppresses us all but i think that it can manifest itself as being very different i think that's what i want to say boom okay um I said to a friend that I think that all white South Africans are weird. And I did point out a white South African that he knew. And that was his friend. And that did cross the line. Okay, I crossed the line. And I apologized. Um, and he said to me that um, if, white South, if white South Africans are culpable, then so are white Americans. Valid point. Like, white people in America. <laughs> valid. Um, I just, I, I couldn't find the vocabulary to say that I think it's different in a way, not different in a bad way, but it's just even weirder. Like, I don't know, like you went to their country, which my Nigerian friend Tierney, who also pointed out, made a brilliant point that the, the territory lines in the continent of Africa are, are arbitrarily drawn. So you went to their country and you decided who was an Africaner, Connor, whatever the fuck it's called. I don't know. And I really don't give a fuck. And then you would dictate what townspeople could live in a place, in, in a place plus the whole apartheid and also you dictated which tribes because i this is what they said i'm not sure if this is totally correct it's what they said that spaces were broken up by tribe you your con or your your territory is broken up by tribe so someone who's unfamiliar with the lay of the land came and said okay so this is how we're going to break up this continent these are the lines fuck a tribe fuck where you come from first off fuck the bitch and the click you that's what they said fuck off for the fuck the bitch and the click you claim what's okay not all that but that's basically what they're saying. <laughs> and then they would dictate what spaces you fall into, what's your country, what lines are you crossing, what... Uh, uh, that's weird in itself. And I think why... I, I guess why I find it more weird is because, like, even though I am from America and I am of a descendant of slavery, I still would refer to... Africa as a continent, the motherland, even though I don't know what my tribe is or what country I'm from, etc. That's the motherland. You went to the motherland and you decided what was what. You got to decide what was what, who goes where, who exists where, who crosses what lines, who has access to what in their space. Like, I mean, I guess as me being a black American, I would say that I traverse in a white space. White people dictate white people dictate my humanity and as much as i would like to say that that's not true and i wouldn't say white people white supremacy dictates my humanity white institutions etc people who uh, fought who um ate that system they dictate my um my life my value and it, even though ultimately yes i know that i dictate my value but my life could be taken away from me in the snap of a finger and it wouldn't be my choice. A, a police officer could shoot up in my fucking apartment. Um, they could stop me on the fucking street and they could kill me. And, and that would be it. And my life would be valued then in that moment for what it was. And, and they would lie about, et cetera. Like, you know what I mean? But to go to someone else's land, their sacred land, and dictate their, their boundaries, their territories, how they exist that's crazy to me like and i think that that's why it crosses that's why it's like so much more weirder to me i'm like you went to a, a another person's land people's land and you you got to you got to decide what were the boundaries what lines were crossed you got to decide if they could have access to their own resources i will always feel like an outsider in america i think that that's just what it means to be black in america you're always an outsider um 
you'll never be seen as human. And I know that that sounds extremely morbid, but when I talk about the UK, that'll make even more sense. But yeah, I mean, I think that that's why it's ultimately weird to me. And I, I really did want to talk about this, but in Africa, in South Africa, in Africa, in South Africa, they have an all white town. Black people are not allowed to move there. Like, and I would say like, there's something similar in the U S as in like, but the only way I could picture that is like, I mean, if I want to go buy a house in an all white town, I mean, you couldn't fucking stop me. Yes. I would experience like, um, extreme probably pressure from neighbors, violence, etc. To go back to Elon Musk, I mean, let's just, let's tie it back. I think that South Africa has some really warped history. I think that the continent of Africa has some really warped history in terms of white supremacy, colonization, imperialism. And it's, it's really sad. I, and I think Elon Musk is unfortunately a victor of his ancestors. And I mean, directly his parents, I guess, um, in terms of oppressing, mm, black South Africans. Um, and it's, it shouldn't be all surprising that it shouldn't be all surprising that he, in America, he's exhibiting the same behaviors. And I mean, ultimately America is an, is another example of white supremacy. So of course that would thrive and that would function, especially where we are now. I, I think we're in the, we're in the middle of like a pendulum swing. They always talk about how like you have these really great moments of acceptance and then it, the pendulum swings back and the pendulum is swinging back towards like, we have all these anti-abortion laws, all these anti-trans laws, all of these things, people are going to be losing their voting rights. Um, because we let Joe Biden be president. I'm like, I'm losing my voting rights because I let Joe be president. Like really like, come on, I just didn't want Trump and Joe so fucking bad. We're about to have Trump for 2024. Like, it's fucking awful. We're we're in shambles, which is all the more reason why we should start a revolution. But I mean, pipe dreams, pipe dreams, pipe dreams. I think that, I don't know, I just, I think that people like Elon Musk are very weird. Uh, very weird, A, because of their heritage. And my friend said we shouldn't judge people about where they come from. And I said, I just don't think that that's a fair assessment because if I'm everything that my ancestors are, then what are you? Like, come on now. If I'm every, if people have the worst stereotypes of me based on what my ancestors are, then it, I mean, come on now. And I know people say be the bigger person, all this other stuff. No, I'm sick of being the bigger person. I want to be the smallest person. I want to be small. Can I be small? Can I be petty? Like, come on. I think, it's really weird. I think Elon Musk is really weird. I think that South Africa, South white South Africans are kind of weird. I'm sorry. And I mean, even in my personal life, like for example, I went to a international high school and me and my roommate, Carla, my home girl, like that was my dog. That's my dog. That's my dog. That Carla was my fucking dog. And I, we were going, to, which is really problematic, but anyways, we were going around knocking on doors because we had took on sponsoring a Ugandan student and I was head of house. Like if I was not head of house, I would not be doing this shit because I could give a fuck less. But I was head of house and so I went to Timis, which was one of the girls' <laughs> dorms' names. It's very Harry Potterish. And I went to Timis and there's this girl named, let's say her name is Rebecca. She has another, she actually has a super basic white girl name, but I don't want to put her on blast because I don't need that smoke in my life. But anyways, we went to Timis and 
we knocked on her door and was like, oh, do you want to donate any money? And I think she gave us a toonie. You know, in Canada, they have loonies and toonies, weird shit. And she was like, thank you. For, after we explained to like we, we were doing, she's like, thank you for helping us. Us. And, I, and even in high school, I was like, us. I was like, bitch, you're white. What are you talking about? Us. We just speak. And I think there's a lot of people say that, oh, because we're African, we experience it's just a blanket statement. And this is something that she said. I'm not, I'm not this, I'm not making, like, I'm not saying this. It's because we're African that we all experience the same things. No bitch. We all live vastly different lives based on skin color. Like, which is why I think we really need to move to this colorism type of analysis instead of, um, I think we should move to a colorism slash and a racism analysis. I take that back. Um, and so I was like, you're warped, bitch. You're super warped. And I think also, too, a lot of white South Africans are really proud to be South African. And I'm like, I think that that's weird. I think it's not your space. It's not your land. It's not your territory. It's not your history. It's not your story. Period. And that's why I think Elon Musk and the like are weird. I think that that's really weird. I think he's a fucking weirdo. I think he's a weirdo based on multiple things. You're weird because you named your kid A-E-X-I-I-I-I or whatever the fuck it is. Um, and did you hear that Grimes is dating Chelsea Manning? That is hella weird. Chelsea Manning is the woman who was a leak. She was like the leak to WikiLeaks, gave him like hella information, which I mean, more power to you. I mean, and I say, I hope you're not listening more power to you. I mean, you do what you want to do. So I'm like, okay, like anyways, none of my business is none of my business, but I mean, side eye as fuck. I think that they're all, I think that's just weird as fuck. Like, I think he's weird. And it starts from where he's from. And uh, I don't know. Like, it. it's okay. I think it's okay to say I don't know. You know, at work, they'd be like, it's not okay to say you don't know. And I'm like, that's, <sighs> I used to do a whole podcast episode on how I think corporate culture is toxic. Because corporate, corporate culture is toxic. I don't know. I just think he's weird. And I I mean, I, I, can't, I don't know how to find the exact words normally I think I'm pretty articulate to explain what I'm going through, what I'm feeling. And I have no feelings other than to say he makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up type of weird. Like, nigga, I think you're weird. Personally, ancestrally, everything. Like, you're odd. You're an odd duck. (laughs) But yeah, that's my little spiel on Elon Musk. Fuck him. First off, fuck the bitch and the click. God, this episode is kind of low-key depressing because I just talked about anti-blackness. Um ableism and there's honestly anti-blackness within ableism like what the fuck so yeah i mean thank you for listening hop back to next episode i think i'm gonna do some episode i think some of my next episodes can be would i have would i join a cult like would i fall victim to a cult i would hope not but at one point in my life i could have seen myself falling victim to a cult but i don't know like the mix is kind of weird and then I will also be, I really want to do an, I think I am going to do an episode on the school to prison pipeline and black little girls and black women and, um, to discuss the experience of being black within a system that doesn't deem you as a black woman within a system that doesn't deem you as human, a child, a black little girl within a system that doesn't deem you as human. This is like super disturbing, but thank you so much for listening. I'm going to see you in the next episode.